Well, I'm Doris. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> and I'm Ness. And we're the Green Gorillas. And we are talking here with you <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, to basically, because we wanted to look into our sort of travelling overland and how to make it more ecological and economical. We've both had experiences travelling overland before, like Doris has done a cycle from Ibiza to Amsterdam, which took three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've done other ones. Or... Back again. <coughs> and back again. <laughs> How many kilometres was that? Uh, I think it's like... 1600 or something but probably 2000 by the time a few squiggles and circles and circles on the way between, yeah. <laughs> okay um and i've done a walk from ibiza to the uk like through spain and france and did a cycle from the uk to budapest and back again <laughs> um but we just wanted to talk today because we were noticing we've just cycled from um, Barcelona to sort of the middle of France near Bordeaux so it was about 660k and then we noticed how little we went to the supermarket and we just wanted to share. Not at all. And not at all we didn't go to any supermarkets so that was super cool and we just wanted to share some of the things <gasps> no um. oh my Anyway, Josh is going to continue while I've had all experience. I've just snapped a bracelet <laughs> Yeah, we just wanted to kind of share, uh, like we noticed that from the first time when we did these journeys that to now that we've kind of evolved a little bit in the tactics and um, just wanted to share with you what we've learned along the way and um, yeah, and hopefully it's useful to you and maybe you even have some things to share with us. Yeah, that would be amazing. next wanna, time. Yeah, because, well, we're not perfect. Basically, our journey began when we sort of decided or found that we didn't want to fly anymore um, because we want to be reducing our carbon footprint to nothing but then still travel and see people and then also do these workshops, you know. So what's your experience of that, Doris? <laughs> uh, yeah, so far so good. You know, I mean... You need to plan stuff ahead. It takes a lot, a lot longer, obviously. Instead of a couple of hours, you're like um, three weeks on the road if you go to Amsterdam or something like that. Yep. But, uh... So we just took a quick break because <laughs> <laughs> Howard came back with a lot of duvets and stuff. That's another story anyway. <laughs> and yeah, so we just wanted to explain what we have, what our journey's been since Traveling from Barcelona to here. Basically what we've learned about traveling overland. Yeah. E ecologically and economically. Because um, if you're not careful, it can end up being quite expensive. And we've had a couple of discussions before with just with each other about like how, like, you know, which is actually better. Because it might take you three weeks to get to, let's say, Amsterdam. But you're buying food every day, maybe, from the supermarket, buying bottled water, whereas... You might travel one day by car and use, yes, use fossil fuels, but also like then you don't have to buy bottled water and leave a trail of plastic behind you or whatever. But since this journey that we took, which went from Barcelona through St. Petrus, Petrus mm -hmm. um, on the Pyrenees and then basically followed the canal, which had 
a bunch of water points which meant we um which we could locate using maps me which is a really good app if you want to do more overland travel um instead of going by bus because that's also what we've done we've, done, we've traveled by bus as well and like and travel by car over land and just really wanted to hammer out as much fossil fuels as possible and we found cycling is a really good way of doing that for yeah. sure but, but then obviously <clears throat> the fuel becomes the food and then um uh, we found that um or i found actually the first time because i've done this trip twice now until Bordeaux, that um uh that Taking your own food, especially for a distance of like a week, is very doable. Mm-hmm. Or at least the, the the main bulk of your food in the f- shape of like uh, a really like dense, calorific granola yeah. mix. Yeah, yeah. So I was really surprised by that. The fact screen. that you were like saying, "Oh, we're just going to take granola," and I was like, "Doris, what what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?" Like, it was a big top of the it's it's basically a box like an and and we'll hopefully have a picture of Doris here <laughs> holding the box of granola that we took which is and and we just about finished it from like throughout the journey which was quite cool like how we and we didn't get sick of it and we didn't get sick of it which is super nice even I, I think sometimes it's I, cra- I still I, crave it <laughs> I think it's very important to make sure that it's a really good a high good quality um, thing that you put lots of nuts and seeds, dried fruit yeah. and seeds like we really didn't set this um, sort of um, scrimp and save on the on no the we, we, we did go all out and we wanted in. and we we also these were products that were bought I think some of the flake diamonds were the one of the things that was in plastic like that, some of the yeah, it's only because we from... ran out of the other stuff. Like basically, yeah. we buy a lot of our um, like when we're at home, we buy all our oats and seeds and and things in big paper bags mm-hmm. from from, from like a, a Spanish. Um, um, it's a bakery, basically, mm-hmm. but they sell all their ingredients. So, um, um, so how far do we go? And yeah, like where do we go? And Oh, this, if you want to talk about the cycles that you've done before, like, or what you did before and what surprised you about this one or whatever. Well, I think there's probably a limit to, the, to how much food you can take. Although mm. we took food for two people, like I took um, you both our food. food and you were carrying my sleeping bag. So it's, it's conceivable that you take that much food for yourself, for by sure. yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say you could probably stretch it to a three week mm-hmm. um, batch. Yeah. No? Yeah. For sure. So you could take three weeks worth of granola with you, and that would, and then basically we were just eating that with water. We we're getting the water from water points, as Nas just said, using the NapsMe app mm-hmm. to locate water points. Yeah. So basically, on the app, it has um, you can see lots of different features. Whether it's like supermarkets and groceries, you can sort of select the things that you search for, and they've got categories. And one of them is water points and it's got like a little drop symbol that you can zoom in on the map and see them so often these are like sort of push taps in camping campgrounds or like a inside uh, the canal yeah here they had harbors it's all on drinking the water yeah, yeah which is super good or and, a fountain and, in a village or something like that and yeah which really surprised us because b- b- from our well from experience cycling before we've 
sometimes ended up spending a lot of money on plastic. Well, well it's not the money just, even so much because no. it's very cheap in Spain at least. Yeah. But it's just every time it's a plastic bottle and, and yeah. you buy it and empty it into your into your drink bottle and throw it away. So exactly. like you have the plastic Sing. for one minute. Yeah. And then it's rubbish. Yeah. Which is like really not why we're doing this. No, or, this is know, quite the opposite. So that's what's like stimulated some of the conversation of maybe of sharing this be, with you as well. Yeah, yeah. And also like some of the other conversations that we've had before, like maybe taking a car would be better. And because we've read the book No Planet B, which sort of explains the comparison of a person taking a car, a person taking a bike and eating, and basically the carbon footprint. Really interesting yeah. piece of info for sure. So we really just wanted to cut out as much. Of the rubbish of our food, really. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. So, also eating vegan, which mm, is... Uh, yeah, we're like plant-based diets, for sure. Um, influence on, on the footprint of the food side of things as well. Mm. Um, so, we tr- basically travelled 660 kilometres from Barcelona to here. And, and it was glorious sunshine, to be fair. So, we were pretty lucky in terms of... We, we didn't spend a lot of calories on heating ourselves. No, which was nice, for sure. So if anything, on cooling been... ourselves because we're yeah. sweating in our tents at night. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but uh, we're going we back in uh, in a couple of months' time. So and Maybe we do another podcast. And I think there might be a little update. It <laughs> could be, yeah, yeah. And I think more granola is in order, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But there's there's slack like uh, the um, the the tupper wasn't completely it wasn't completely brimming full. full. We no. are kind of tucked into it before we left, mm-hmm, of course. And also we were using the same tupper to carry the bowls. Like we we're basically carrying a couple of small tuppers to eat out of, mm-hmm. and then uh, so that if we didn't have um, enough water or toilet paper or something to clean them, we could clean them later without fouling up the whole. Um, equipment um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also we kept uh things like uh oil and um we so we carried our own oil salt pepper which we mixed beforehand and just put in a, in a thing because otherwise you just end up buying like a plastic mm-hmm. pepper grinder on the way or something stupid yeah. like that well if you want to go that fancy for sure you can go as basic or as elaborate as you want but, but we like we just ground some it. pepper into some salt and and took the mix in in like a little um, mm-hmm. in an old herb um, thing, and then we also made like a big fat five hundred ml jar of uh, peanut butter tahini mix, mm-hmm. and also a liter of honey. And a liter of honey, yeah. yeah. So like a big jar of honey. So and then put all those in the same top, but like just yeah, in the, the, just under the bed bury box. the jar in the granola. It's a great way to stop it smashing on the way. Also, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if it leaks, there's no problem. It's yeah, in the it's granola. straight in the food. And the same with the oil and the salt and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so it's, it's really nice to have that top, but also like at night, it's not a rodent. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, like shot is a good idea. Sure. So you just you could even leave it on the bike, uh, like when you're sleeping. But I always just sort of put it in the tent. So it's a nice, safe, dry way to carry all the food in one place. Mm, Even the cutlery and everything was all in there. So yeah, it was great. Granola. Yeah, we had to dig it out every time. <laughs> and then basically we ate the granola um, like either for breakfast or lunch and then supplemented with uh, baguettes yeah. with avocado, Plum which we took a load of avocados when we started. Mm-hmm. So we got about halfway without having to buy anything anywhere. 
and then just found the market and um, mm-hmm. bought uh, a couple more avocados and mm-hmm. some bananas here and there, just yeah, in yeah. fruit and veggie shops, which we also found via the app. Via the Maps Me app, which is all offline, and maybe one day they'll sponsor this podcast because that would be super <laughs> if they're listening. But it's a, it's a free app without ads, so probably not. But like, um, really, really good. Like the amount of information that's on there, like the routes that you can take. Like, I don't think it has. It's it's not too specific on the type like you can route for bikes but it's not specific with what type of bike there's another offline map called mappy.cz which you can select whether it's road or mountain mm-hmm. bike so it will direct but to be fair route. it didn't take us down any goat tracks so no I also th- we kind I... of wanted i kind of avoided a few just because towards the end we were try. trying to storm it like just to get here before the rain we were lucky enough to have a week, well, six days of sunshine, and then the day we arrived, it rained. So we were lucky enough to beat that. But anyway, like it's a really good mappy maps dot me. So m a p s dot m e um, is a really really good app for just seeing everything that's on the map, like the and the terrain, like the climbs and stuff, because it gives you the profile and everything like that. Although I'd recommend, and we did this time, also carry just paper maps yeah. just as a backup in case your phone dies or That's um, thing, yeah. anything like that. So we carried a couple power packs and a solar system, which was relatively successful. It's pretty. It's a small got, yeah. solar. Yeah, exactly. So we had three power packs. One does like one to well one to three charges, depending on your phone, obviously also. And the other two are maybe like, the other one is like maybe two charges and one is like one. And we only use the two biggest ones. So three to five charges um, with my phone. And just kept it on aeroplane mode while we were routing uh, each day. And then you can sort of see. And then you don't lose as much power when you're on, on the way because that's like the the last thing that you want when you're halfway there and you need to then maybe stop and recharge. And But there's no harm in that also. Like you can stop and sit in a cafe. We often stopped for a few coffees. So if you wanted to ask, the cafes often, they also give you water and also can often have power points that mm. you can steal a bit of power from, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what else did we take? So we had sleeping bag, mat, and tent for each of us, basically, which is, bit, like, my tent's about three kilos, more or less, and then, well, with my mat, I would say, and then my sleeping bag was maybe another kilo, so let's say four or five kilos of mm. tent and sleeping bag and stuff, and then very minimal clothing, to be fair, like a pair of long... Uh, sort of leggings that are kind of firmly and then some two pairs of shorts atop and a fleece and then obviously underwear and that sort of stuff but it's nice to be able to change your underwear like every day exactly don't 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 scrimp on that (laughs) don't scrimp because there's yeah there's not much point scrimping on that that's for sure Especially awesome. with the sort of blister situation. We're not wearing cycle shorts. No, we either. didn't. I don't know if you found that it was better with... Yeah, or... I find it's better without. Without, yeah. really. Because for some reason, the last time when I did a, the long cycle, but it could be rose-tinted glasses sort of thing, 
when I wore the shorts with the padding in, I don't remember getting as bad of blisters as this. But okay. we also weren't travelling as far for as long each day. We were taking loads of breaks. It was more of a holiday rather than trying to get somewhere. And did sure. you have opportunity to wash them in between or not? Because I think that's well, that's I was out. I was out for like. Um, eight weeks, so we definitely washed them. Yeah. Like it was too long to not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't. I think maybe we washed them in under like the tap. It was all hand wash. Like yeah, maybe yeah, once a week or something like that. So it didn't get too like there was times when it definitely got bad, yeah. but it was never terrible. Um. Then what else do we take? Or oh, what did you 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 had a. Cycle repair kit in. Yeah. Like a puncture repair kit, some zip ties are always super handy, bike tubes, um, patches, pliers, um, screwdriver. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the. Uh, I've got a chain, um, little chain tool as well in case the chain breaks, just to take the link out, and some extra brake pads, and uh. Uh, cable for the for the brakes or the gears, the gears yeah. just the kind of light stuff that's uh, that's nice to have and doesn't weigh you down much, but um, it's super handy. Allows you to fix most things, mm-hmm. and also a set of um, tweezers is quite nice actually to get the prickles out of the out of the tires if the, if you get like thorns and stuff stuck in there. That's about it. Uh, for the puncture kit. Um, and then we took a couple of loo rolls and... Very important because the thing is like you can never buy a couple of loo rolls. You always end up buying four or six or something and yeah. then you're kind of stuck with them. Yeah, and also like if you can, a rubber bag that can then protect clothes, sleeping bag, just in case that you do have a right hammer down and you're just to protect your clothes and anything that you really don't want to get wet. You really don't want to get your sleeping bag wet because that's the pretty crucial one to... Yeah, even if you're soaked through, you can strip off and get in your sleeping bag and be dry. Mm-hmm. Bit, that's uh, kind of nice. And always have like a reserved pair of socks sometimes. That's really good because like your feet and your hands are like the things... And hat also that hopefully just Woolly hats, wet. yeah, yeah. Definitely a woolly hat that's still warm even if it's wet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's mostly what we took. We also us. wear like cycle gloves, which kind of yeah. can really cut down the, the kind of cramps on your fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Found those like just a pretty thin ones actually. It's amazing how much difference they make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nice, nice to have them. Like yeah, even like the cheap ones from Decathlon sort of thing. But yeah, they're pretty good. Then we've got a paper map in a in a waterproof bag. You got chargers for. Uh, we also carried lights because we did get up um, before sunrise a few times just to get the kilometers in mm-hmm. before before things got too hot. So it's nice to have a set of lights and yeah, and a couple course, of lights chargers as well. for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we never really charged them on the road, we just had we just did the whole trip on one charge of lights. Mm-hmm. So if you have a couple, that's quite good. If you really want to go, we did have a good set of lights, like two head two headlights each and two tail lights yeah, each. Yeah. So, so I would say a minimum. Like I always see bike lights as sort of cheap insurance. Like yeah, the more yeah. you have, the better. And then a high vis also. 
Also, it which will hopefully have some merch of soon. <laughs> <laughs> a green gorilla high vis yeah, is a yeah. must have. It is a must have, especially for cycling and stuff. Um, was there anything that we didn't use? The thing that I didn't use was like the woolly hat and stuff like that. Yeah, the long just because we didn't get any cold or rain, but yeah, wouldn't want to leave behind. And also, have like a windbreaker or or a raincoat. Waterproof, yeah, yeah, Pretty and a, and an extra sort of a liter and a half bottle of uh, of water, which we never used. Yeah, we didn't actually use that because I think we sort of were expecting water from home. Yeah, we were sort of expecting to not have as many water points, well, come across as many water points as we did, which was super nice. I feel like I, well, from like past walking experience. before, yeah, like in past experiences walking, I knew of the app and knew that they had water points on the map. But with walking, you have to carry so much wa- more water because it's so much further to... Time-wise, yeah, between yeah. points. Between points. So you evaporate more between points mm-hmm. as well. and then More food, more water. It, it takes you longer to come off track a couple of k's to a water point as well, which exactly. on the bike is nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, But totally doable. Like, I would recommend the walking as much as the cycling, but it's just depending on what you want to get out of it, whether you're wanting to get somewhere quickly within a season, like, especially uh the dry season you know like and if you're going more north it's kind of good to get to do it by bike but then walking you don't really have anything to break like tires you don't have to carry tire repair kits well you need feet repair kits (laughs) more than anything but anyway for the this talk we're just going to be like talking about cycling mostly but that's good to compare them to yeah yeah and I don't know about you, but how you found this experience differed in terms of camping spots. Because we, we both have had an experience of wild camping. and So, so we're, we're wild camping all the way. So we haven't mm-hmm. stayed at any camping campings or Airbnbs or anything. No. So we basically just, just uh, well, you, you like to do it a bit earlier than me. I like to leave it yeah. to the last minute. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. dusk sort of thing just so that uh, no one sees you pitch but um yeah but sometimes that can get you in a bit of a, a, a limited selection of mm, spots exactly like especially if you can't see where you're pitching and stuff and you drop your tent on a really spiky or a, i don't know a stony patch where you just have the, a pretty terrible night's sleep and it's so crucial when you are traveling these distances and really get, get all your energy yeah like you need a goodish and what we found also is noise is a big a big one because you find that in the tent noise just amplifies tenfold because you're also like super aware that you could get caught or something so you're also listening out and might you're always sleeping a little bit light with one eye open Mm -hmm. so yeah so if there's like trains coming by or sort of irregular noises they tend to sort of wake you up sporadically Mm -hmm. and break your sleep so it's nice to be somewhere somewhere quiet so we had a few nice spots and a few terrible spots this time so um one particularly bad one was not too far yeah the last night which wasn't so bad because it's the last night so it's when you know that year but it does make such a difference on the day ahead when you've not slept too good well for me it does anyway uh and we were slept right just off Mm. a big road with 
Which wasn't uh, like a autopista, like a, not a motorway or anything, but it was a big road with trucks track. and mm. a lot of like bikes, scooters, scooters and... like with a really whiny. Yeah. Um, but all the same, like I feel like just even going somewhere where there's a lot more trees just really dapples the sound. And I think the weird, the weird thing is it takes you about five or ten minutes to hear the sound. Once you stop cycling, you kind of... We didn't hear it until you know, it's basically when you pitch your tent mm-hmm. and you step inside and you go like this is noisy. I hope it gets quiet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it's worthwhile just to, when you stop somewhere, just take a few minutes to sort of analyze the noise situation mm-hmm. because that's the time to sort of move if you're going to move. Because once you've pitched your tent, you're not going to, and you're just gonna no. have a bad night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same with also getting your sleeping bag out because recently Doris has been but, uh, yeah, not yeah, yeah, getting yeah. his. Undoes. I can recommend keep it getting your sleeping bag out. Don't try and scrimp on the two minutes that it takes to stuff the thing back in the bag. Uh, Can't believe you did that. Yeah. <laughs> just to save a couple of minutes. Just to try. But yeah, so you, you've got to try just so then you you know to not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like even though it's probably all right for most of the night in the morning anyway, it gets too cold. You get that sort of really dew drops. drop, um, like five o'clock story, and then even just for those two hours, it's really nice to have the sleeping bag and just sort of keep yourself warm and get those extra couple of hours sleep. Mm. So yeah, th- this time of year, so we're in September, like middle of September, like um, south of France. So. Yeah, south of France, north of northeast of Spain, uh, and yeah, we had really good weather the whole way, which was nice. So no wet days, thankfully, just a bit of dew in the morning. So we, and when that happened, we just got the tents out, unravelled them, and dried them out in the sun when when we stopped for lunch. Yeah. So we just stop in a sort of uh, a, a place where we can sit in the shade and throw the uh, tents in the sun and basically cook the dew fun. off in in like a half an hour or something yeah, usually. Yeah. Takes no time just all. ruffle them up a little bit and move them around a couple of times and then we get the solar set out and charge the batteries a little bit. Get the granola out and charge <laughs> our batteries and yeah. and then. Um, uh, sometimes we'd stop for a few hours, actually, just to uh, um, tie over the hottest hours of the day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if we were um, exposed. But along the canal, actually, there's really good shade and some cover from the trees, so we didn't have to have such long stops. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say anything that you would you would have brought, like, after now? Like, that you thought, oh, I'm really missing that. I think um, the solar kit that we have is like a three cell thing. I think it's too small. Yeah, it needs to be slightly like bigger. Um, I don't know. Maybe what, it's getting that. on. It's it's been like basically all the trips we we just rattled off. Um, this this little solar guy has been on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. keep sort of giving it, passing it back and forth, and taking it all across country. So, so it's been through the battles. Got a few scratches on it, and it's also not the latest uh, model. It's kind of a homemade job. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're probably polycrystalline, not monocrystalline cells, and there's just three of them with a, basically a car lighter wired up to it with a USB um, um, converter in, inside. Mm-hmm. And then we plug the battery packs into that and charge our stuff off the battery packs because mm-hmm. the batteries have a, like a steadier feed of um, power, like what the phones need and stuff. So, yeah, I think like... Um, uh, I'd invest in a in a, maybe a larger fold out solar thing. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't recommend those sort of battery pack 
size. I haven't really solar. worked it out. I'm still I'm still kind of in the middle of of solar battery pack, mm-hmm. even hub dynamo kind of story. Mm-hmm. I think it depends a lot on where you travel. If you're traveling somewhere where there is no sun, or you're not going to stop in the middle of the day when there is sun, mm-hmm. the solar doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. If the trip is short enough that you can bring a battery pack to tie you over the whole trip, then I, I reckon that's that. a no-brainer because it just means you've got it. And you don't have to worry about anything. The weight mm. is negligible. And then if you're going to go for a hell of a journey through cold, wet weather, then I would go for the hub dynamo. So you've just got a source of power every day. For sure. And plug it straight in when you're using it and yeah. use it as it's coming in, you know. Keep everything charged up all the time, yeah. Um, so what would you recommend looking out for? Like, so basically every day we sort of looked at the distance total that we wanted. Well, it's, let's say it's 660k that we were doing in total. And then, so we wanted to sort of do it in about six days. So it kind of worked out as about 120k a day. Uh, that maths doesn't make sense. 110, yeah. Well, so, we did 80 the first day, so it soon became 120. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and so we could sort of plan out on the map, like, each. And it, it does work like that a little bit. If you haven't done, like, a big trip recently, your first day is going to be, like, sort of getting used to it. And then, Those um, biscuits are delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super. Oh, yeah. And bring some delicious biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> if Howard hasn't eaten them all. <laughs> Are you recording this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, so yeah, we're trying to plan out each day as it comes sort of thing. Like you want to know the general route from your beginning to end and then you can sort of pick points about 110 or whatever distance you want to do each day. And then um, you can sort of see on the map where... And in this, in this particular journey, we tried to, um, I, because I've done it before, I knew that a, a long part of the journey was along this canal from the um, Mediterranean to the Atlantic. And uh, we basically tried to get onto the canal a bit earlier and, and stay on it a bit longer mm-hmm. to extend that. Because like, if you're along water, generally you're away from traffic, uh, it's flat. And with a bit of luck, there's some trees for shade and stuff as well. And also the water points are a little closer together and yeah. everything. So and, and that's a real a... recommendation. Mm-hmm. I would say like uh, probably canals, uh, old railways that have been converted to, uh, to cycle tracks are also a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, in Spain, there's a couple of um, these Via Verdes. And it's the like, same um, in, in France. In France. Some, some uh, like long kind of... Um, cycle tracks usually converted from old railways or mining railways that are also flat and have like tunnels and bridges over valleys and things mm-hmm. and through mountains to because the train obviously can't do the quick climbs and descents mm-hmm. and, and they're also not that great on the bikes <laughs> Um, so camping spots wise, what do you look for when you're cycling? Like, so you can sort of set out a general area where you're going to stop probably because you, t- you get to a point when you've done 120, 30 or whatever case, like. Well, then... you were mapping it now, like mm-hmm. sort of looking 120 k's ahead and trying to sort of find a green area and, mm-hmm. and just put a. But then when you're on the day. 
Like and then on the day when you get close, then uh, yeah, you're basically looking out for sources of noise mm. or sources of people. So places where people walking dogs and stuff are not that great. A little bit further away from civilization is better. Maybe just a bit off the path if you can get a bit further. But yeah. to be honest, like even if you just slide off the path like a little bit, people don't often cross. I've never had anyone no. say even hello. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bonsoir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but you were in a park, to be And fair. I was just pitching the tent, so like once you're in there, like... Even the thing is, like, a tent looks very different from the outside and it does from the inside, so yeah. as worried as you are, that's just how worried they are about who's in the tent, so... Exactly. Like, we've, we've really found that when we're looking at other people's tents and, like, whether they're homeless or also wild campers or whatever, like... You've never, we nobody's ever thought, oh yeah, I'm going to go up to that tent and... See what's inside. Yeah, or tell them to move on or something like that. No, like, it never happens. And also, like, um, if you really do want to, you can find plenty of campings, especially on that canal or any kind of... Because the canal, I think, is a Eurovelo, which is a network of big cycle tracks that are super great for touring on because they're super simple you follow it for miles and we do meet like a lot of um touring cyclists and Mm -hmm. and don't see any tents no like wild camping so um basically they're all going in campings Mm -hmm. yeah often so there's not a lot of competition either for that no like the times that i've done other trips and maybe come across one or two other wild campers while in the same spot but it's super rare like i think it's very common in france even though it's illegal from what i know i don't know for sure but if you're in somewhere like scotland where it is completely legal like you're probably going to see much more of it because people don't hide as well but you can definitely hide super easy when you're and we've got quite conspicuous tents. So mm-hmm. we've got like a, a you've got a, they're just uh, super simple decathlon tents, mm-hmm. like uh, were they like a hundred and a hundred and twenty euros or something like that. Something like that. And like the basic sort of um, quick hiker tents. Yeah, like two man but small two man tents. Yeah. I've got a slightly newer, like low, lower slung one that's a bit lighter. Mm-hmm. And I've got the older, heavier version, which is more high, so it kind of does stick out in terms of height, but, but yours blends is, in. Yours is green. And yeah, mine like is dark gray, green. So, yeah. With a gold bar across the top. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Still never got moved on, so. Um, another thing was, like, did you have any, like, aches and pains and stuff like that? Like, I definitely did just towards the end, the last couple of days. Like, your ass starts to hurt, basically, just from... I don't know really what it is, but, like... and But even just two days after, which is, like, now. So we've, we've been in France, well, at Howard's place... He was just talking before. (laughs) (laughs) And ate all the biscuits. And ate all the biscuits. (laughs) Well, like, um, we've been here two days and we're already recovered sort of thing, more or less, like maybe a bit tired here and there, but it's not like we need to do anything particular at the moment, but, um, and we did a little 10k cycle yesterday, which is just the day after, so, and Mm. it didn't hurt. No, at all really recovery super fast yeah which was surprisingly. nice surprisingly yeah 
Yeah, and it gets, and I found that the more you do it, the the less um, damage you get, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you bounce back so much faster, especially like I don't know. I also think it's easier with two people from the experience. I don't know if you could you notice much difference between. I think alone you're more inclined to to hit it harder because there's nothing yeah. else to do. Mm-hmm. Like also. together we sort of sit and chat. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have like, some food. But alone chill. I'd be bored after five minutes and yeah, jump yeah. back on the bike and go. And yeah, so maybe it would hurt a bit more. And you get it faster. It. Yeah, but then you get here a day yeah. earlier, sort of thing. Um, so I guess it depends, really, like your style of traveling and. And also who you're traveling with, I guess we're pretty well matched mm-hmm. to each other, which I think is it. It would be quite frustrating, I think, to have someone much slower than you mm-hmm. or or faster. <laughs> yeah, 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 equally. Because you just um... well, yeah. So you would say that we were. We, I'd say yeah, we're pretty well paced sometimes. One of us is faster than the other. Like mm-hmm. it works out that way. Like. I'm better in the morning sort of thing and then I crash and burn later in the day, you know. Yeah, it's also good to get a handle on like where your where your strong point is during the day mm-hmm. and plan most of your K's. Like For if you if you're strong in the morning, uh, especially if you're strong without food, just go and get as yeah. many K's on the before you stop for breakfast. Yeah. Which we found worked well for us yeah i don't know if it works well for you in general i feel like i just pressed that up on you I'm the, yeah i'm flexible because <laughs> like yeah i was just like i just want to hammer it and then it's like but it's a also nice good reward. to sort of lure yourself a little bit with mm. breakfast rather than just sit down and have breakfast straight then, away yeah yeah, yeah yeah for sure i feel like also the thing that we've found is when you well whenever you eat basically if it's a cold day you really notice how much colder it is because all the blood's going to your stomach, so... Just after you eat, yeah. Exactly, so, like, to have it straight in the morning when it's not even light yet, you kind of don't want that to suck all your energy out Before you away. even start, yeah. Um, Which I think I was doing when I was on my own, actually. I was yeah. eating in the tent before I packed up. Yeah, yeah. But that also means, like, it's out of the way and you can hammer it for ten hours if... Well, maybe not. But you know what I mean? Like, a good couple hours... We were maybe doing four or something before we ate, though. Yeah. Maybe getting up, maybe even longer. Some days definitely longer than others. We were sort of getting up. That second to last day, we did 80Ks before. Yeah, we did 80Ks. Before coffee. Before anything. And sometimes it's like, we probably didn't have to do this, but sometimes it's really yeah, it's nice to really have a, a goal and get to it, and then you can really yeah. lay back and sort of chill for a little bit. So we also didn't bring any cooking gear or anything. No, that's another thing that we didn't take. But obviously... And I've never taken uh, before, so I can't really compare. Mm. It, it, I would say it is good. Well, I we took some, like, walking. So it was, it was nice to have some cooking gear when it was cold. But that was walking, so it might be a completely different story to cycling, you know. But... I think it is super nice to have something hot and whenever you want. And mm. I might try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. Um, and also it just gives you a bigger variety of food, I think. But then, and a hot drink or something. Mm, like and a hot drink also. Um, would you say there's any like limitations to what we took? I'd say it's quite... It's more summer-orientated, to be honest. At the moment, yeah. At the moment. Um, neither of us have really done... 
things in winter, like Although in the dead of winter. Although sleeping bags are down to zero degrees, sort of. But that's the limit, I think. Yeah, which I have, I have had a few frozen mornings on previous trips, and and that's yeah. doable. It's doable, but it's not a killer. No, but it's a bit of a fight. Yeah. So, but I'd say that's probably the boundary of this kind of gear. Mm -hmm. I, but I think like with some thermal underwear or something, you can probably extend that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty essential. And recently we actually bought some like uh, sort of shiny film bivvies, which we're going to try on the way back. So then we'll give you an update after that. Uh, um, I don't know if you've ever felt like you were in danger or whatever, like wild camping or whatever. I wouldn't say I've ever felt that way. No, I don't think so. Maybe with some hunting going on and stuff, the if, if you're really one. hidden. But then I've just always hung my hivers over my tent or something, mm. made sure that I'm visible. Yeah, it's like almost being visible, but visible at the same time when there's hunting season. <laughs> yeah. Hunting days, it's usually re um, restricted to days. Mm -hmm. um, and then any like interesting experiences that you've had, like... The one time that somebody spoken to you when you were pitching your tent, or which one was that? Uh, it was also along the canal and it was just... On the way here? It's just silly, really, yeah. It was last time on the way here. It was just, I was just trying to hide out the back of the park and someone jogged past and said, Good night, uh, bonsoir, and I was just like, oh, yeah. You know, like, I was super worried about being found or seen and hiding behind the last tree in the park sort of thing. And mm -hmm. someone did see me and just said... Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Often people, people are super friendly or don't care at all, you know? Yeah. Like... I mean, the worst you'd probably get is a dirty look. Yeah, the worst. And who cares about that, to be fair? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, people might give me dirty, dirty looks for worse things, so, you know? Smelling yeah. bad, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like we didn't shower at all. Like we sort of did some hand showers under taps and stuff like that on the way, but nothing serious. Serious, <laughs> which could be improved, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can talk, Owen. Is that right? <laughs> we're not famous yet. No, we're not. I'm gonna go off and um, have a look at this car. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to come with me, so. Um, uh, I think I might stay and do some reading. Okay. What? Do you want some company or? Yeah, I'm quite happy if you want. Yeah, yeah. I might come with you. All right. Yeah. And um, if you want anything to eat. Uh yeah. Like then there's bread, but there's all you know, there's, there's dinner as well. Just help yourself and we'll fix something up. Okay. I might Are you guys going to go out for food? No. No. But are, are you in a hurry to leave, or have you got a really use for leaving in a few minutes? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we can wrap this up like now. Yeah, it's pretty much wrapped. Yeah, now. it's basically there. We can do do like a. Maybe we listen to it and then get like the summary out of it and do like a summary. So bang, 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 bang. Well, this is basically it. Yeah. So we got I... to write it in as well. Right? <coughs> uh... Description. Yeah. Well, so that was basically our experiences of travelling. Well, some of the things that we picked up, especially on the way here, and like not using the supermarkets as much, which we were super happy about, and using the water points more and making the most of the um, 
voie there, which is the sort of green track along the canals, which is super nice and easy and really good for beginner cyclists, tourists, yeah. people who want to walk more or do yeah. overland. Train as you go. Trips. You can basically yeah. leave you don't need a little any training. bit of fitness and get fit on the way. Exactly. So don't worry about if you're not feeling as fit and that sort of thing. It's not an issue. You can go super slow and take as long as you want, you know. Um but obviously that's the nice thing about wild camping is that you don't have any any um targets to, to hit really mm-hmm. except get there before it rains yeah that sort of thing but like <laughs> if you, you want can, if you yeah. want yeah like you can pitch <laughs> a tent and spend three days in the tent in the rain yeah. if you really want to um but yeah that's a sort of the things that we have experienced and took and didn't take and like but we really just wanted to let you know how to do a more because it can become an expensive trip but also it's a holiday you know like take it as a holiday and you know i would say what would you say the budget was for this trip like six days necessary budget like necessary budget like depends if you have all the stuff bananas and stuff like maybe 20 20 euros on the way and then the granola probably cost like a fair whack to put yeah. together because it yeah, was yeah. a proper like sort of five kilo box mm-hmm. i would say yeah because i would say it's maybe like 10 to 20 euros a day uh more or less like because we've got coffee we would get baguette we would get a couple of tomatoes bananas and avocado maybe but maybe they cross over a couple of days yeah yeah so like yeah let's say five to twenty euros like a day and then the granola was a big whack with the honey and the peanut butter yeah and then obviously if any kit that you don't already have 10 is around 100 euros a mat maybe 20 to 50 euros a sleeping bag the same any of your clothes basically but all our stuff is like basically scraped together borrowed and stuff you know like so recycled yeah yeah so i think the only things we've really bought new is tents and well your tent is my old tent and yeah, yeah. all that kind of thing so i am um, we also um pannier wise we've just we don't have, a, and we have don't any panniers. panniers. We, <laughs> <laughs> basically, because we, we have mountain bike. Well, I, I used a touring bike previously, but I'm using Doris's partner's mountain bike because I have I have a, I have a road bike in Mallorca, um, and we just clip a crate like a food, like fruit or veg or whatever crate. Basically, the sturdiest sort of fruit um, market garden crates that mm-hmm. um, that you can find, which are like about fifty by i would say 35 centimeters and a good 20 centimeters high really sturdy things and we just zip tied them to some um, luggage racks to a pannier rack rack on the back and then whacked everything in and covered it with a waterproof bag cover that you can buy a decathlon for a couple euros yeah um which are really nice just to keep the most of the rain off and um I mean, you do have to sort of waterproof the stuff inside, but like uh, like we said, you With use rubble bags, rubble or bags preferably, or, or bin bags if you can't find them. And if anything, just like obviously all our experience and advice, you know, we, we're always learning new things along the way. So if you do have any tips and tricks yourself, just depending on what this is on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, like uh, comment them or... Do whatever you want, messages. Get in touch. Yeah, <laughs> Get yeah, in touch. yeah, yeah. 
and also just give it a go because like our experience only goes so far like just hearing about it, you need to sort of live through it and decide if it's for you also because sometimes wild camping can be a bit touch and go it's quite a personal sort of thing yeah it's more your your own mental state than mm-hmm. than the surroundings and it develops make it it, scary it or not <laughs> exactly and yeah i started off super super cautious and now i i couldn't Just care less if i can't on the track <laughs> yeah exactly i think we both encourage each other that, that way which is nice yeah, i think being being two of you um really also gives, the reassurance. gives you a bit of reassurance so i, I would probably recommend you start off uh, yeah definitely all right then well that was us two vanessa Green gorillas on the road <laughs> on the road cool